Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features David Gabrick with a message called The Seal of the Holy Spirit. The topic I like to talk about is the seal of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and just before I get on that, as uh, the Lord was just kind of walking me through uh, preparing for this, I. I was reading, and I'll get to the scripture where I want to go, but I want to give, a, I learned a little bit of history, history of the, of the New Testament. So I'm going to ask a question. How many books are there in the New Testament? How many? 27? That's right. Now, how many gospel, how many gospel books are there in the New Testament? and Revelations would be the fifth because Revelations was really the word of Christ that was through John, John wrote it. So you mathematicians, how many, how many books are left? 27 minus 5? 22? Very good. These 22 books are what is known as the epistles. Now, uh, the reason I just uh, I find that interesting is that the the four gospels, which everyone knows, he knows what they are: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, it's surprising. I, I've read some stats where even mainline churches, many many just do not know the names of the gospels, and, that, and that's a sad because that just means they just haven't spent time. In, in God's word. But the reason I just wanted to uh, bring, uh, bring this out is that the Gospels present Christ to the world at that time. They inter- the Gospels introduce Christ and Christ then teaches uh, his disciples, those that were close to him, teaches them uh, what, what, it, what salvation means, and, and, and teaches them the, uh, uh, the things that he wanted them to know before he was going to leave, uh, leave the earth. But the epistles, they're, they're more described as a letter or a former letter that uh, others that maybe did not know Christ personally, but through the Holy Spirit, penned the words of the epistles. And the epistles were uh, really a letter that was sent out to the churches of that time on how to build the church. And, and that's what we're doing today even, is we are building the church. Uh, and uh, the, the gospels are taught uh, even today so that people are introduced to Christ. But as we move through the, the gospels into the epistles, we, we learn how to build the church. How, how the church is, is being built. And of course, Revelations is kind of the end of the bookmark that will show us when God is ready what all that means uh, at, at a later date. What, what I just wanted to uh, just point out that these, uh, as we are uh, studying the epistles and it presents 
how the, the body of Christ is to be built by, by us that believe on the Lord. And the church are made up of people such as ourselves here and all believers around the world. And uh, someday the Lord is going to this, bring this all together. But in the meantime, we go with what the Lord is showing us, revealed to us in our worship and, and in, in uh, the, the things that he has taught us and to move on and, and, and to, to grow continually. Now, and it's going to be made up, as I think Brother Andy mentioned this morning when he, he, he talked about uh, that Moses and uh, Elijah were, and, and, and uh, Jesus was there and uh, Peter and who, uh, James, yeah. So, but it's going to be the same type of thing where there will still be, there'll be those that are still alive, such as we are now, those, those that had gone on before us, and there's those that had not experienced death but were, were taken up into heaven. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to all come together. And uh, God is interested in reconciling mankind back to him. And in Acts 1.8, it says, uh, New King James Version, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In other words, we are going to be Christ's right hand as far as ministering to others while we are here. That's going to be part of part of. Part of the expectation that the Lord is going to uh, put put on us. Now, as I mentioned, um, the the, epist- uh, the gospels introduce Christ, his teachings, as given, and as he as he had uh, has heard from his his father, he only taught what his heavenly Father instructed him to do. And the epistles give us these instructions on building his church, the body of Christ, which Christ is, is the head. And, and in the epistles, there's the teachings on the unity, teachings on how we are to lead godly lives, teachings on how we bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and how to handle anything that comes our way by... First, while reading God's word, what, is the, what does God's word tell us? If we have questions, we have things that we don't understand. And, and that is then to go to the scriptures. And you'll get the answer, and the Holy Spirit will, allow, it will guide you through that. Now, what I really wanted to talk about is the seal of the Holy Spirit. And if you turn with me to Ephesians 1, I'm going to read out of the New, New King James Version. Okay, Ephesians 1, and I'm going to read, uh, read the, first, uh, the first 13 verses. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. So Paul is writing this letter. It's a formal letter to the church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. No wonder we should get together maybe more often to praise the Lord, because he has given us these spiritual blessings. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, and that was talked about already, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him, being Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having, been no, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory, and in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And it's, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, I was uh, intrigued with this word sealed. And, uh, what does it mean to be sealed? So we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. When we've accepted Christ as our Savior, the salvation experience, we have been, the Holy Spirit is part of us at that moment. And we have now been sealed. So what does sealed mean? Well, it means ownership. And it means a security. It means you are secure because you now belong to God. It means that God loves you so much that he's sealed you and taken uh, control. He wants you part of, it, part of uh, that, that relation. And you belong to him. And he loves that. He wants an eternal fellowship with you. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit means then... Nothing can touch you. Amen. Even the enemy cannot touch you unless, unless you uh, uh, turn away from the Lord. But, but as, as you walk with the Lord and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are sealed. You are protected. In Romans eight thirty eight and 39, the New King James says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, 
nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is being sealed. No, nothing gets in. And, and, God lo- and God loves you with an eternal love, and he wants nothing to separate us from him. Through the seal of the Holy Spirit, God takes ownership of our lives if we will let him. The choice is still ours, but if we let him, then the seal of the Holy Spirit is on us. And he is determined to keep that ownership. And as I was pondering this this thing about the seal, there's a number of places in the Old Testament where the seal carried a tremendous authority. Just give you a couple examples in in the book of Daniel when Daniel was was uh, was thrown into the lion's den, the king sealed that, and there were a number of other um, dignitaries sealed that, so nothing could go in, and no one, unless you want to lose your life, was allowed to break that seal, and that's the kind of authority that that uh, that is demonstrated what a seal does when you have that authority. And of course we know what happened, that God uh, protected, closed the, the mouths of the lions, and only the king could come back and remove the seal and did that, and you'll, you know what the rest of the story is. The other one that came to mind was when uh, Queen Esther, and, and, and there was a decree sent out by the wicked Haman, Haman, and he had the king's seal to send a notice to all the provinces that at a certain date that the Jewish nation would be wiped out. And that was a seal, and I'm not sure why the king would give him that kind of authority, but he did. And Queen Esther, between Queen Esther and Mordecai, they had to convinced the king to send out another decree which was under his seal that the Jewish nation would protect themselves on that date if they were going to be challenged. But it was that, it's just that kind of authority, that seal that, uh, that, that, at that time. Well, even at the, at the time uh, when Jesus was uh, crucified and put into the tomb, it was sealed. Sealed by Pilate. And uh, but what I find different is that seal was broken from the inside out and that uh, the risen Savior had, had a whole lot more authority than Pilate ever did. But I just bring those examples out of what, what the seal does and how, uh, how much authority it has. So when the seal of the Holy Spirit is on you, it has the authority of our Heavenly Father. Nobody mess, can mess with them unless, unless we let that happen. And as believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit seals us. We are then distinguished. We're marked as followers of Christ. We are separated and we are set apart for God in his plan and his purpose. And we belong to God, not just now, but forever. There is an eternal uh, purpose there. And we are promised an inheritance into his kingdom and that eternal fellowship with Christ. That is what the seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives mean. But there's also a bit of a warning that we we should 
pay attention to and that we should take should we ever turn our backs on the Lord. And, and, and that is not a wish that I have for anyone to turn your back on the Lord. But I encourage everyone to move on because uh, hopefully by the time I'm done here, you'll see the importance how, how the seal of the Holy Spirit, what that means to, to each one of us in our in a, in a, in a future walk with the Lord. If we let our spiritual growth stagnate, whether that be through backsliding, maybe drifting in our walk with God, uh, entertaining a spirit of indifference in how we walk before the Lord, maybe entertaining a spirit of apathy, uh, which is a so what attitude, uh, separating ourselves from God through sin, whether intentional or unintentionally, forgetting about all the things that God has done for us through his son Christ, or being caught up in being just self-focused. What is important to me? That which the world thinks is important. If we kind of get caught up on those things, then, then we're not protected by that seal. And, and when we are then sealed, we are then grounded. I encourage that you be grounded in your faith. Be grounded in your faith in Christ and be obedient to his commandments. What he has taught us, what Christ has taught us through the Gospels, what he has taught us uh, in, all, in, in, in those four books and, and Revelation for how far we do understand. And there will be more revealed as, as uh, time goes on. But the Holy Spirit, when we have uh, that seal... And we are grounded in the faith. And that we continue to walk as we know best how the Lord has taught us how to walk. Then the Holy Spirit gives us a pledge. Gives us a guarantee. That he will then perform. This is the Holy Spirit performing the promises that God has revealed through the Holy Spirit. And and and. I read Ephesians 1 to 13. Well, Ephesians 1 14 says, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? So if we just go, go back to that, I'm going to read 13 again. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is, this is the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The New Living Translation says it this way, The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. And like I said earlier, I can understand why the Lord would want us to come together once a year to praise and glorify him for what he has done here. Now, what Brother Andy was ministering this morning is in the Old Testament. That was a long time ago, but it's still very true today. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't help but just feel that the Lord was delighted to hear his praises, praises to him this evening.
And even this morning, I had to turn my hearing aids down this morning because it was loud. But uh, I'm sure he just appreciates, uh, the, the Lord appreciates that, that, to hear that. So here we have the Holy Spirit has, has sealed each one of us and he wants to keep us. Keep, he, he, uh, the, God wants to, to continue to, uh, to uh, uh, be part of our lives, to, be in, to control your lives, not that, that you don't have uh, choices or, or anything like that. He still, he still gives you choices. But he wants a fellowship with you that is eternal, and that through that he, he gives you uh, gives you these this promise uh, or this guarantee. In Second Corinthians one twenty two and twenty uh, twenty one and twenty two, he says, "Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us." And given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And the New Living Translation says, And it is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. So from this point on, there are promises that, that God will never back away from. And, and through the Holy Spirit, will make those things known. Whether we call it the word a guarantee or a promise or a pledge or an oath, they're all the same to God. When he says it, it's going to happen. And he wants to always remind us through the Holy Spirit that uh, these, the promises and pledge that he has given to those who love him and believe on him will happen. And, and, you, and that's a guarantee because he has sealed you with his Holy Spirit, allowing Holy, his Holy Spirit to live within you because you've accepted Christ as your, salvation, as your Savior. So I, I went to uh, Webster, Webster Dictionary. You, I imagine you have those here too, Webster Dictionaries. And looked up what the word guarantee means. And it means a promise to fulfill conditions one makes to another. It means a promise of an obligation to perform something. Or, and it, giving of one's word that something happened or will happen. So that's what Webster says the guarantee is. I also have a, a Bible dictionary uh, that that I looked up the word guarantee, and of course they look they look at it quite differently. And this is what this this is what it says: that Jesus is the perfect priesthood was a guarantee or a surety of a better covenant. So when when Christ came to the earth, it was a guarantee that this was a better covenant than what was uh, before, and. And Jesus is the perfect priesthood. And this is uh, further clarified in Hebrews 7, 20 to 22. And this is the New Living Translation. And it says this. 
This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was a oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, The Lord has an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. Just a, it, it was just a, a better, better way of, 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 uh, that the Lord wanted to bring to mankind in, in his efforts to reconcile us uh, to an eternal fellowship with him. God's Holy Spirit will carry out the promises that, he got, that God has made to us through Christ, who is our priest forever. And as we walk in a way that demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, that demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we are promised an eternal residency in God's kingdom. I, 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 I don't know what, what more you can say. Just... What a promise. You know, and uh, while we're here, sometimes we, we just see things on a finite level, and it's hard to see beyond in the spiritual level, but may the Lord give us that vision and see that. See that vision. By being sealed by his Holy Spirit, we are promised an inheritance into his kingdom. If we determine in our hearts to hear what the Spirit is telling us, what the Spirit is teaching us, what the Spirit is witnessing to us, guiding us. And if we obey Him, if we hear and obey what the Spirit is telling us, then God has promised, He has guaranteed, He has given us His pledge that an inheritance that will be, all I can say, will be awesome and magnificent at I would, uh, I long to see that, and and I want to be in that place to to be able to see that. And I want to see all you there, arm in arm with me, and we're doing that. We'll see all that. Praise His name. And that that we, and and, and this is, we're just only beginning to see. The Lord is giving us uh, that that vision little by little, and we're beginning to see that, and it's going to be glorious. Praise His name. I'd like you, if you turn with me, Second uh, Corinthians, chapter five. I'm going to read the first ten verses here. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. 
So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. There is going to come a time, certainly, that, that uh, there will be a time of, of, of a judgment. But, you know... I, I've heard this uh, said before, but if, if we're faithful in the Lord and we are endeavor to walk in his ways, that judgment is going to be, either we'll miss it or it'll pass by or it's just not going to be an issue. And uh, that's where I would encourage everyone to aim, aim to that. This scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit that is abiding in our lives seals us. It also tells of God's pledge, his guarantee that we shall receive spiritual bodies when Christ comes his second time. Our goal is then to please God by being faithful, believing, worshiping him, and walking in his ways, and walk as the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. I read earlier Ephesians 1.14 where it says the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. And he did this so we would praise and glorify him. While this uh, scripture is pretty self-explanatory, it does connect that the seal of the Holy Spirit and the regeneration of our, or the, re, the uh, renewed li- our lives when we accepted Christ that those, that comes together and guarantees that the Holy Spirit will carry out in our lives what God has pledged and promised to us. And we can, we can, we can, uh, uh, we can have confidence in that. The scriptures make it clear that when we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, where Christ is the head, And we can have a confidence that we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have confidence by by knowing that we are sealed, that God pledges and guarantees our inheritance. And as we continue on this earthly pilgrimage of ours, and we endeavor to walk right before God, we are assured of the reality, we are assured of the reality of our salvation in Christ. That is that is real. That is just not some figment of the imagination. That is real. In Hebrews 10, 11 to 17, the New Living Translation, I'll just read that. It says, Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, being Christ, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. 
For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so, for he says, This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws into your hearts, into their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer more sacrifices. That is the new covenant, the, uh, the new high priest. That, this is Christ, the high priest. He's the one that has, uh, has covered all those things for us. Our salvation is real and it is secure because we are now sealed by the Holy Spirit. And we should make no mistake about that or, or doubt that. Now the scriptures also tell us that the Holy Spirit witnesses to Christ that as we have faith in him, are obedient to his commandments, walk in his ways, and take on his nature, the nature of Christ, we are sealed into the body of Christ, or adopted into the body of Christ. And we accept that and have confidence that the pledge or the promises that God has made regarding our inheritance are real and, and, and is there. And the Holy Spirit witnesses to the truths of every promise that God has given us in his word. Through God, the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the word of God so that he, the Holy Spirit, knows the mind of God for he is one, uh, uh, the third person of the Trinity. So he knows what God has, uh, has made the promises. He knows what is in God's mind and building the church. He knows all these things and he guides us. To, to accomplish that. The witness of Christ by the Holy Spirit then gives us liberty, gives us deliverance, gives us power over sin. And we have, we have, uh, we, we have weapons available to us to, to overcome those things. We can clearly see and feel that freedom comes with that witness. We see the privileges that we inherited through Christ and, and him being part of our uh, part, part of our lives and that, that we have accepted him as our savior. We see the fruit of the spirit then being produced and demonstrated in our lives. When you see these things happening in our lives, then you, you can be rest assured you're on the right path because those, that fruit is what uh, the Holy Spirit wants us to, to show in our lives. And we become the children of God. And when you are the children of God, you are an heir. And when you are an heir, there's an inheritance that comes with that. In Galatians 4, 6 and 7, it says, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave to sin, but God's own child, and since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Tremendous promises uh, when, when we uh, have the seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives and, and, and we are part of God. God is, has, has total control of us. Our cry out to Abba Father 
when we can cry to our Heavenly Father, helps us to resist sin. It helps us to, to resist the enemy. It helps us to resist these thoughts, these doubts, these questions that, that come up. And, and, and allows us to repent if we have sinned. If we have, the Lord is not just going to kick us out the back door. His hand is extended. All we need to do is turn from that, repent, and, and he will uh, forgive us. When, with the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, then we can even witness to others as Christ did, because we have the Christ living within us, the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is guiding us and, and showing us the way. And the Holy Spirit witnesses these truths and promises through revealing God's word to us. May we be inspired and renewed to be diligent in reading our, reading our Bibles, reading God's word, uh, getting, getting that knowledge of, of what the Lord would have us to do. And because of his, of his immense love for us, he wants us to know everything there that, that, uh, that we need to know to walk in a, in a way that, that we will be stamped, if I may use that word, as the children of God. And, and, and experience that, those promises that he has given us. He sealed us by his Holy Spirit when we were converted in Christ. He pledges the guarantee and he guarantees uh, that, that he will fulfill his promises. And the Holy Spirit witnesses to us that a life with Christ is real and is true. We all know uh, John three sixteen and 17, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The next verse goes on, I'm not going to get it right, that Christ did not come to condemn the world, but through him that the world may be saved. So this, this gift is available to everyone, but those that have ears to hear and hear and take that gift, I don't know what to say. Other, he has sealed us, and he has given us that promise. Praise his name. So, as I was just pondering these things, I, I, I'm saying to myself, the Holy Spirit is so dominant in our lives, and you know, I got to confess that sometimes I'm, I think, oh, all right. I just don't feel you as the Holy Spirit. How, how should I feel if you are living inside me? And I don't have a, I don't have a for sure answer. I'm sure everyone's experiences are going to be different. But just knowing that as you've accepted Christ, that at that moment the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in you. And confirms that you are part of the body of Christ, where Christ is the head, that you are sealed. If you believe that and hang on to that, then the Holy Spirit will, you'll, you'll sense when the Holy Spirit is, is moving in your lives. And it, it, everyone will have their own, own experience, but God has, has just made it a way, and even Jesus, when, uh, when he was teaching in the Gospels, told the disciples 
that it is necessary that I go, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you the Holy Spirit. And there was a reason for that. He had no intent to leave us out, out in the wilderness, that, that the Holy Spirit was going to uh, guide us, give us direction, and, and teach us what we needed to know in building, helping build the church, the, the, the body of Christ. So when we have the Holy Spirit so prominent in our lives, how do we honor him? How do we honor the Holy Spirit? And maybe that's something we just look at, how we honor him so that he's always to the forefront in everything we do. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org. Thank you.